Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Okay, hey everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. <laughs> There's the music. All right, people. Hey, you know what? Today's going to be such a good show because I have a great guest. Yeah, I do. And and you guys are going to absolutely love her. Oh my gosh. I a couple of weeks ago got to go to the Social Power Summit. Headed up by my friend Dr. Ikena Finch uh, here out of Nashville. And I met so many cool people. So today you're going to meet one. Tomorrow you're going to meet another person from that summit. And today we, we have a powerful testimony. And actually, you know what? I hope you guys take the time to share this out because sharing is caring. And this story has to be told. Okay? Just saying. You're going to hear truth today, you're going to hear a heart that's devoted to Christ today, and you're going to hear ways that you can actually impact children, I hope. Hope you join me with the mission of my guests as well. So do me a favor, take the time to share this out. Hi, Coach Mo, everybody there in Periscope. Glad, glad, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> glad you guys are here. Hard for me to say. Uh, anyway, John's here, Kimberly, Diane, uh, and Melanie is here. Yay. Hey. Hey, you guys, make sure you share this out. Tracy, welcome back. All right, I'm also going to go ahead and share this over on Facebook. All right, because, you know, one of the things I like to talk about on the show here, and actually I was reading it this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, um, it's, it be, <laughs> I'm almost 50, okay? It, it says that... If something about being renewed in Christ, behold, all things pass away, behold, all things become new. Right? Okay, that's what it is. Right, Randall? Second <laughs> Corinthians like 5.17 is what you're talking about? Yeah. Alright, hold on a second. I'm going to share this. Thank God for three-minute intro music. Hey, Stephen. Nice to see you over there on Facebook. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and share this out here. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm going to go ahead and tag my guest on Facebook. See, I can't do this before the show, otherwise, you know. There we go. I know, isn't this great music? Hello, baby Bobby and everybody else coming in. Alright, people. My guest today, I had the absolute joy... And I mean it. I mean joy in the true sense of the word. This this woman, you just you just look at her joy. You know she's got joy all over her face, cause she is the epitome of joy. Maybe not in the past, but today I think. And I had the opportunity to meet uh, Simone Walden at uh, the Social Power Summit. And you know what? I have to tell you guys. This summit, not only is Dr. Ikea Finch rocking it but and everything, but she's going to be doing another one. If you want to meet me and Simone next year in person in Nashville, you need to get signed up for it. We're already signed up um, to go again. And th- to me, it's actually a super awesome social, I mean, it's a social media summit, really. But uh, the speakers were top notch. But the guests were too. I mean, it was a small, I don't know, maybe 50 people or so, maybe a little bit more people that were there and so I pretty much got to meet everybody that was there and this young lady and she is young because I'm older (laughs) Uh, she just captured me you know and and I've been doing a lot of connection calls with people afterwards and she was like one of the first people I connected with afterwards because because I saw her tuning into my show and then I heard her testimony on her own Facebook live stream so you guys have to tune into her I'm just saying uh, and then I asked her if she if she would come on our show to share her testimony because it's not every day, um, especially in the culture today, that is um, 
you know, what's the word? I um, antagonistic. That that would be a good word towards those who struggle with same-sex attraction and who have chosen to not engage in that activity anymore and to trust Jesus with that so that they can go forward in their life and and live according to the way God has actually called us to instead of embracing a false theology that says you can be gay and Christian, right? Okay, let's just say it because let's just say it. Uh, anyway, so Simone is my guest today. I'm going to tell you a little bit, bit about her aside from the fact that she's my guest. She is a teacher. Yeah, she is. In fact, she's known as the student teacher. Uh, she's an author. I have to tell you, I already ordered one of her books. I'm looking forward to getting it, and I can't wait to read it because what she read of it, I was like, I got to get that because she's anointed, and I don't use that word lightly. I know a lot of people walk around. So-and-so is anointed writer, blah, blah. I think she is, actually. Uh, she is an accountability coach, so if you need somebody to help you with that, uh, she can do that, and an academic consultant. Her childhood was that of extensive uh, longing for acceptance and belonging. That void led her to fall hard into sin, perversions, idolatry, addictions, disobedience, manipulation, rejection, abandonment, and rebellion were just a few of the sins that manifested themselves throughout her life. And then, you know, first of all, how many people write that on their test on their website? Yeah, this is what I did. <laughs> Gotta love the honesty, right? I wouldn't be writing that, but you know, she did. Maybe I would. I don't know. But anyway, um, but she became a follower of Jesus in her late 20s, and now the Lord is using her in her something current 30s uh, to do, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if I should tell you her age, that's for, for her to, to tell you, but anyway, it's actually, she's doing tons of stuff, and hope, yeah, and I think I might be speaking at a conference she's doing sometime in the future. So I want to invite my new friend, Simone Walden, to the show. You guys are going to love her. Welcome. Welcome, girlfriend. Thank you so much. Thank you for the, the wonderful introduction. Like, wow, you really never know how people view you unless they tell you. And so thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. And, you know, thank you for writing that first paragraph so I could do it and read it and, you know, all that. So anyway, <laughs> so we met, we met at the summit, but I forgot that. Did you know me before the summit or did we actually just meet? That was like the first time. Um, That was my first time meeting you at the summit, but I had um seen your show. I seen Dr. Finch um, shared a couple of times and I had two minutes to your show before. Okay, cool. So you're actually a viewer at, uh, some you know a bible news radio which is kind of, which is very cool it's 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 neat to meet somebody who sees you doing some work and, and to meet them in person so you know that you know i always say things appear larger in person than they do on the screen <laughs> so anyway so i want everybody to know a little bit about you because you agreed to come on the show and share your testimony and and I, honestly that's what bible news radio strives to do we we my goal with this show is to show people what the liberal media won't show people mm -hmm. um and to show the biblical you know what jesus can do to transform lives and you actually have uh an amazing and a very transparent testimony that you shared with me and i just want you to know that you can share whatever you want. I'm not going to expose anything you shared with me privately, but I would like you to share, you know, just a little bit about yourself, and then let's get into your testimony. Okay, so um, I am a teacher by vocation, but of course, um, before that, I'm originally from North Carolina. I live in Maryland now. I moved to Maryland four years ago, August, and, and I really say the Lord sent me here because I was supposed to come here um, with a um a, a, a friend it was my ex-girlfriend and we were coming um together so I thought but God had different plans for us and so I came and she went her separate way um and I hated it being here but this has been the best thing for me I read in revelations where it talks about God prepared the wilderness place for the woman and Maryland has indeed been a wilderness place for me. And so growing up, I grew up with my mom. My mom and my dad was married. They divorced at two. Um, so I left my mom to raise us, me and my two older brothers. And right around eighth grade, I was um, sexually violated. And that kind of like did something to, you know, my, my innocency. And so then I became 
quite promiscuous in high school, had boyfriends and, you know, was doing all those things. But then I became very guarded of guys and I started to want to be like my brothers. I wanted to wear their clothes. So I became very boyish like and you know a lot of the women girls back home you know they wore jeans and sneakers and so I guess you know people didn't think anything of it um which I don't really think anything of it because I still like boys but it wasn't until I went to college that I met another friend um who was very boyish like me and we became really good friends and we immediately hit it off and so I didn't think anything of it she was my friend and then she came out and told me you know she liked girls. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You're my friend. And so we started hanging out, started going to the script clubs and gay clubs with her. Still never thinking anything about it because that wasn't my thing. Um, and then in the summertime when I came home from college, that's when I had my first experience and it was like, oh my gosh. And it's almost like, and I can't speak for people who've been strung out on very strong drugs because that has not been my story but I've heard people talk about how it becomes like an addiction and a high that you just want to keep chasing after and that's what happened with me I just kept chasing after it and chasing after it until I realized that this is not I even all cooked up to what I thought it was but I was so far in it and of course anything that pleases your flesh you want to you always trying to chase to get back to that no matter how much emotional spiritual or mental or psychological anguish you go through you still want to chase that fleshly high and that's what I did for almost 19 years wow so what I want people to hear here is you know a couple of things that you said number one you said that you were sexually violated when you're around eighth grade right so that that's an important you know aspect of of dealing with with issues of homosexuality but it wasn't necessarily that particular thing that led you to to let's say experiment right with with women because you said you were with men too right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it wasn't until though you so basically what happened was you met a girl and she said she basically told you she was in the lifestyle and you started hanging out with her and then eventually you got kind of sucked into it Mhm. So, um, so for somebody who might might go, well, you know, that's good for you, but I was always born this way. How would you how would you answer that? So, I remember in eighth grade is like a pivotal point. I was actually at this event on Saturday. It's called Amazing Love. So I have on the shirt today, um, and it was about forty of us from like seventeen states sharing our stories of coming out of all kinds of sexual sins, and as I was listening to a lot of people share their stories, as I sat in the chair, it was like God was reminding me of some of the things I had, I had experienced that I had never really talked about in part of my story. Hmm. And so eighth grade was a very pivotal year that year. Like that was the first time that, because even though I didn't, you know, I wasn't into women or anything around eighth grade. I remember my um, brother had a picture of his cheerleading friends. It was like a picture of the girls who took a picture. And I just looked at it and I kept looking at it like, I think these girls are pretty. I never really like, it wasn't anything that made me say, I want to be with these girls. But I remember that moment where it was like, hmm, I took a second look. And so for those who say you were born that way, we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, all of that. So whatever your thing is, there is a study uh, where there has been studies that talk about, you know, right around the age of four or five, if you don't have that bonding connection with your parents, you leave, you you long and you um, seek out that with other people. And so perhaps you may have identified with you know, the same sex and become attracted to it. And there are several reasons for that. One of them, because you don't have that connection with your parental figure, whether it's um, the man in your life or the woman in your life or both. And then you start clinging on to people who are giving you the attention and affection. And sometimes the devil will take that and pervert it. And so you may feel like you've been born like this all of your life. You've been attracted to people all of your life. But one thing about Jesus, he said, you can be born again. So whatever we are going through and we like that doesn't line up with the word of God, we have to submit our desires and our wants and our likes and our feelings and our emotions to him and say, Lord, if this is not your will, you have to help me get over it. The biggest thing to my deliverance, and I feel like what has taken me so long to 
really submit is because of choice. Like I didn't have a choice about what happened to me in eighth grade, but once I knew better and I came into the knowledge that, you know, this is not God's will for my life. And he put people in my life and he had, I've had accountability coaches and mentors and I always keep one is making the choice to say no, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I want to do. I have to make the choice to say, you know what? I'm not going to act on this feeling. I'm not going to do this because this doesn't align up with my belief system. Amen. You know what? I have to tell you that is so well said. That is so well said because, um, because I mean, because you know, I I mean, I'm I'm a therapist, right, by training, and you know what I always tell people in therapy, you know, is and and my particular um, whatever you call it, I don't want to use that word. Um, <laughs> you guys, I'm having a day. Uh, my particular Randall. modality. Modality. There, there you go. That's the word. Sorry, I haven't been feeling like totally perfect today, so I'm, I'm a little distracted. But yeah, my modality is cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay, so if you change how you think, it changes how you behave, generally speaking. So, I I look at that and I go, okay, people who say that you can't change or make a choice are full of baloney because you make choices every day. I, I think I read something recently that says you make like twenty thousand decisions a day. Uh, like on average between, you know, getting up and what clothes you're going to put on, you know, what you're going to eat for lunch, if you're going to take a drink of water. I mean, you know, whatever you make choices. And what, what, what I really like about you is that you're so honest with the fact that, um, that not only were you in this, this relationship, but that you actually chose the, to be right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me ask you this, cause I'm sure a lot of people, um, uh, might be wondering. So, so what was it like to be in that relationship? What was it more physical or, or emotional for you? All of mine were, it always initially started out emotional attachments. And when you think about homosexuality, you know, and we hear a lot of people talking about it. And what I want to say to those, and I'm going to answer your question, but for what I want to say to those who may be in the lifestyle you're struggling or you feel like, you know, the church or God fearing people or Jesus people say that, you know, they're condemning you. A lot of time it's really not as condemning you because I believe we have to speak truth. Even when I was in the lifestyle and I had people that come to me that was in it, I always gave them truth. I never want to compromise and tell them, hey, you should do this, even though I'm doing it. And some people say it's kind of, you know, maybe hypocritical. And I used to tell the Lord, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to be telling people one thing and I'm living something different. But I knew that I was not to be a stumbling block for other people. And so a lot of times when we think people are condemning them or condemning you or you feel bad about something, a lot of times it's the struggles that we have within. And the moment somebody touches on something that we're dealing with, we automatically feel like they are attacking us. And we're not attacking you by telling you truth. And I don't get into debates with people when they say you can or can't be delivered. All I do is tell my story. And I say, try Jesus. If you submit your ways to him, he will help you just like he has helped me. And it is a process. I'm still in my process, but it's a process. But um, what was your question? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God. No, it's okay. Do you remember, Randall? I'm You're sorry. You're asking about if, if the relationship <laughs> oh. was primarily oh, physical emotional. Or or more, yeah, physical or emotional. Sorry. Right. Okay. For me, it was always, it always started. It was always emotional. It was always emotional. Of course, then when you get with a person, it's like, you look at me around, it's like, oh, I think they're cute. And what I found out is that I was attracted to what I considered very pretty women because I didn't think I myself was pretty. So I felt like if I was with this pretty girl, it would make me feel, you know, it would give me some kind of, you know, prestige, even though I lived the closet of homosexual lifestyle. I wasn't out. I'm coming out about what I did, but I wasn't like just blatantly and bold. And okay. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't bold enough. I wasn't strong enough to do it. Um, to come out with. I'm glad I, I didn't because so many people now, once I start telling my story, they would say, oh, well, you know, I love you the way you are. And if this is what you want to do. And I don't need people siding with my sin. Like, I don't need you to tell me that, you know, it's okay when I know that that's not okay. But it was always emotional. It was an emotional connection that I met with people, met with women. And it was really a dysfunctional type of relationship because I was broken and the women that I got with were broken and it became a broken relationship. And much, as much as we said we loved each other and want to help each other and be there for each other, it always turned out to be very messy. It always turned out to be very 
um abusive in some ways my very first relationship it was a very very abusive physically abusive relationship on both parts on both of our ends um and then when i got out of that and i didn't even ask the lord when i first was getting out of that for seven years i just said lord deliver me from her and he literally took her away from me her me away from her and I made a conscious choice. I never wanted to go back, not because I knew it was a sin, but because I didn't want to keep being in an abusive relationship. And so, you know, for two years, I was good. And then I found another girl, emotional thing. I, I was one who was very codependent. You know, I, I needed to be needed and I needed, you know, and I needed other people. And so I found somebody that fit that bill and um, we was together for like two years and then I had a two-year split, and then I found another girl. Same thing. And, and where it seemingly looked like we had it together and we were happy, people didn't know the wrestlings and the, and the struggles that we were going through behind closed doors because we always wanted to present a picture that this is good. And this was for those people who I told, like, my close friends who knew. I never really shared all of the bad stuff because it's like, I don't want them to give me another reason or excuse why this is not happening, but it's always been an emotional connection. That's why now I have to guard myself and I have to make sure that emotionally I'm healthy. And when I feel like I'm in a place or I'm getting weak or I'm going through something, I always reach out to my accountability partner, my spiritual mom, you know, to kind of like, listen, this is where I am. This is what I need. Or I have books on like healing and all of this stuff. Cause sometimes you're going through stuff, and you don't want to tell anybody. So I have to go to God and say, God, listen, this is where I am. And then I have resources in my house that help me where if I don't feel like telling them at the moment, I can go get this resource. And then, you know, eventually I'll come back and tell them, hey, this is what's going on. But I don't want to be the dead horse. But it's always been an emotional connection to people. Because with women, it's really easy for us to say, hey, you're very pretty or you're very beautiful. And it's nothing to it. Um, but then when you become intimate with them, it's like, well, I guess I do think they're pretty. Hmm. Well, you know, I mean, okay. I mean, let's just say it, you know, there's, there is, I mean, definitely with women, my husband has always made this observation because he's married to me (laughs) and he has a couple of sisters actually. Um, you know, women are way more emotional and way Mm -hmm. more emotionally connected than men are. We get, we probably get more fights than men do with each other. I mean, Randall's best friend and him, I don't think I've ever been in a fight in like 35 years or however long they've been besties, you know, and me, I've been in relationships with different women and, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, let's just be honest. Women are emotional Um, and it, and women are also, it's more socially acceptable, I will say, for women to be affectionate than than probably men, even though homosexuality is by and large accepted by our culture as a, as a, as an open thing, women Mm -hmm. can be more, um, you know, affectionate socially. I mean, we can hug each other and kiss each other on the cheek or whatever, but at some point there was, there was something that crossed the line. Do you mind Mm -hmm. talking about how that happened with you? Because I think people would be interested in knowing what happened. So the first one, um, I had got sick and I was diagnosed with something. I was in college at the time. I got diagnosed with something and, um, I chose to go back home and stay with my mom because she was going to take me back and forth to the doctor, to the treatments and all of that stuff. Um, and one day out the blue, this girl I went to high school with, well, she told me that her sister had told her that I, she had seen me home back home. Cause you know, I went off to college and so she stopped by one day and was like, Hey, you know, my sister told me you were here and I hadn't seen a girl in like a couple years. And um, we just started talking and she would come by every day with her boyfriend. <laughs> um, and we just started talking. And again, it was an emotional connection. And, and one night she made a statement to me about, you know, what if? Uh, and I'm just thinking, hmm, OK, so I, I pondered on it. And that's why. I, we got to be so mindful of the thoughts we think on. We got to be mindful of the conversations we have. We got to be mindful of the things we let linger in our minds. Because even though I was uh, talking to my friend and I had that episode, I wasn't looking to be in a relationship with no girl. And it was like, 
she was there. I was there. I was going through my my sickness coming through my sickness. And I was like, I need somebody to be here for me. And she was there. And it just it just went on and went on. And there was there was so many times when I was like, I don't want to be with you. And she would always say, I'm going to tell your mom. She would call my mom's house and like play on the telephone. And I just stayed for so long because it's like, if I tell my mom this, like, she's going to like, I don't even know what she was going to do, but I was scared. And so I stayed for so long. So there was a deep level of betrayal and manipulation that went into it. And I, and it, and that's, and I think that's what caused us to become so abusive to each other because it's like I didn't want to stay but I felt like I was blackmailed or stay in it and then you know all the stuff that we had did and said to each other you know I'm gonna use it against you so I'm like what the crap mm -hmm. so yeah well you know what see I'm so glad you shared that because because people need to know right I mean so again so you're physically vulnerable because of what illness you had and then of course you're emotionally vulnerable because obviously when you're physically vulnerable not feeling well, obviously that weakens your emotional, you know, you want that love and affection. Mm -hmm. And, um, what was, what was your, your, your relationship like with your mom? Just out of curiosity. Um, me and my mom, we didn't have the best relationship growing up. We spent a lot of time when, uh, we got mad at each other. We didn't talk to each other. Um, and so when I was home, it was like, you know, when you're sick, of course, everybody loves you and everybody's around you. Right. Um, but she would go to work and then all my friends was in college. So it was like, I didn't feel like I had anybody. And so, you know, we spent a lot of years not really talking about issues, not really dealing with issues. Um, and so it was like, she loved me and she did the best she, you know, she knew how, but it was just like, I wanted to be more open about certain things, but I was scared one because, you know, she didn't play she didn't play like it was you, you do what I tell you to do are you gonna get a whipping or you gonna get in trouble and so I was just scared a lot of times to really share you know what happened even I only told her about what happened to me at eighth grade last year and that took wow years of praying and years of asking the Lord and years of saying Lord help my mama's heart because I don't know what she's gonna say and when I finally told her, she was just like, okay. She took it real well on the phone. I was in Tennessee. I'll never forget. I went to a um, a conference. And that Sunday morning, I was about to take the plane. I said, that Saturday night, I said, Lord, I have to tell my mom because it was just weighing on me so bad. And when I told her, she was like, okay. But it wasn't until months later when she was like, baby, um, I thought, you know, she says, I thought that I, I wouldn't be able to make it. She says, you know, I feel bad that I was a bad mom to you that, you know, these things happened to you and I didn't know. And I said, mom, you wasn't a bad mom. You wasn't a bad mom at all. And so I knew that as I got older and got into God's word, it was like, she didn't know. And if she knew, she, she did everything she could to protect me. And I knew that when I told her, it would hurt her. And I just... I wasn't prepared. I wasn't strong enough to, to to deal with her being hurt. And now just like, Lord, this has to come off of me. And he gave us the strength to get through it. And so we are, we are much closer now. We are, you know, we are building a great relationship. And one thing she told me one day, she says, baby, you just say, and you do what God tells you to do. And that has freed me so much. That's why now I'm so open to share. Cause I told her, I said, mom, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff people say about your baby girl and you're going to have to be strong. Cause a lot of this stuff is true. Like, you know, a lot of stuff is, is straight up true. It's not true where I am now, but there was a lot of things I did that you didn't know. And the more I share, I want you to be comfortable to know like, well, good gracious, my baby girl did all this stuff. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, but, but the good news that, first of all, I'm glad that your mom believed you, right? Mm -hmm. My mom mm -hmm. didn't believe, I mean, my mom, she knew, but she didn't affirm it in any way. She completely did it completely, uh, you know, she sided with the, with the, with my abuser. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you had a mom that even though it was hard for you, the, the, the relationship that you had initially when you were younger as as I've noticed, as I've gotten older, because <laughs> I feel so old now, just so you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's sunny. Pretty soon I'll be over the hill. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but anyway, you know, I, as you get older, you, you hopefully you mature and you go, okay, I get it. And, you know, any mom that 
frankly is worth their salt, uh, will feel bad for their child if they've been assaulted in some way. I mean, honestly, any real mother like that has a heart would like would just want to kill the person that did that to him. And Miss Lynn, that's what she told me. She said, she said, she just tell me because my mom, um, she got a social degree in criminal justice. She used to take um, shooting like so she knows she has, you know, how to shoot a gun. And she told me, she says, just tell me. And I said, Mom, I'm not telling. Like, what the crap? I'm not telling you that. She was, she was mad. She was all, all I guess every kind of emotion you could feel. It was like, whoever hurt my baby, I'm going to get them. And I keep telling her, I said, Mom, I'm okay now. Like, God has, God has helped me. I'm okay now. Yeah. But that's a good normal reaction just to want to kill the person that did that. I mean, I, <laughs> she was mad. Yeah, you know, when I told my dad, that was his reaction. My when when I told my dad what happened to me, that was his reaction. He told me that he would have killed him if he was living close to us. He he mm-hmm. would have, he would have. So, and I believe it. I think my dad probably would have. So, I mean, there's there is some comfort in that. But the the greater thing, and this is where I want to get. Um, I want to, well, I want to take a break because we're already halfway through the show, but right after the break, I want to talk about how the Lord came in and how, you know, through your relationship with Christ and the fact that you embrace truth, you know, Psalm, Psalm 51, six says God desires truth in the inner parts. He really wants to know us. Um, and I think that a lot of people are afraid to be known, right? Uh, especially spiritually. And yet God's word is so rich and you are such a woman of God's word. Uh, I mean, it just oozes out of you. I mean, if there's, if I need encouragement, I will definitely turn you on because there's like, you're just the word of God. That's why I ordered your book, which I got to tell everybody about. We'll tell everybody about that too. But I want to get into your testimony about what Christ did. And also I really want to talk about uh, the whole accountability thing that you have set up because, because what people need to understand is you, even though, you know, you might be tempted, it's not a sin to be tempted, but right. you have to be smart to mm-hmm. know how to, to ward off that temptation. And, mm-hmm. and not just with any sexual thing, but also emotionally and mm-hmm. also, you know, in any type of, of situation, if you're a food addict, if you're a drug addict, I mean, you're always going to have triggers and temptations and God gives us the power to be able to res- resist the devil. He says we resist the devil, he'll flee from us. And just so you know, she's calling me Miss Lynn in case you figured that out. That's, that's her special name for me, and it's okay. So don't all of you people out there start calling me that because that's her name <laughs> for me. All right. Yeah. All right. So you guys, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in. You guys rock. I saw that there was a co- there was some controversy happening over on Periscope, uh, and I I will try to go through later and look and see if there's any legitimate questions as opposed to weirdos making weird weird attacks but um i want to thank everybody for tuning in ariel ministries is our sponsor and we got a brand new bible study up there for you this month we randall posted it earlier today if you go over to um our website biblenewsradio.com and click up over there on the website then uh the brand new bible study you can download is called the local church i think this is like a 47 page bible study that dr arnold fruchtenbaum did and so if you want to learn more about what the bible talks about as far as the local church then go over there get the free messianic bible study this thing is so good you guys i mean seriously we're giving it away to you for free you should go get it uh, over there all right and then also uh if you want to buy anything else from ariel what do you remember what the 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 resource was we have that over there to the new resource. Uh, yes, we do. And uh, let me bring that up for you. You'll find that on the top row of our resources page. And that is the Historical Geographical Study uh, Israel DVD Tour. Oh. This is this is uh, this is going to sound like a infomercial here. <laughs> but I thought... I want to okay. see this myself. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I want to get this. Okay. Four hours... Four hours stuff on seven DVDs. Yeah. Um, this is, you can read the descriptions on Ara's website, what the different d- discs are. It's like a tour of Israel with Dr. Fruchtenbaum for $29, less 20% when you use the coupon code uh, Bible News. So that's like, what, $3.80? Uh, that takes it down to... Um, that's only $29, $29? Really? Yeah. Really? Really? It's not more than that. Wow, it is. Only 29 bucks. 
Plus, you get a 20% discount. That's awesome. Right. So. Okay. So, if you ever want a tour of Israel with Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, this is the thing to get, people. Just saying. Four hours, seven discs. Yeah. Pretty cool. Arnold is probably one of the foremost Bible teachers in the world. He has booked out years in advance. And the fact that they did this, I didn't even know they did this. That's very cool. Anyway, I'm going to be contacting Ariel. Can you guys send me a free copy? <laughs> I can get one. You can't, just so you know. You can get the discounted one, though. So go ahead and do that. And uh, also, just a, another reminder, if you want to be a pillar of our community and and not a pillar of salt like Lot's wife. No, I'm just kidding. Don't look back. No. <laughs> no, actually, if you want to be a pillar of our community, go ahead and uh, donate to us through our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. If you like what we're doing, if you like the messages and the guests that we provide, then please support the show. Uh, we are actually planning on going to a prophecy conference next week. And I hope that, uh, you know, we're, we're still about $700 short, you guys, of trying to get the basic expenses covered for that so we can go and cover it without, you know, the extra stress of the financial burden. So if you guys would actually, you know, donate to that, that would be awesome. Uh, that would totally be awesome. And you can donate over there at BibleNewsRadio.com. All right. Um, okay. I think I have everything. Uh, oh, yeah. The other thing is, too, if you... Oh, actually, I got to share this one thing. You guys know I sell Legal Shield. Today, today, the president of Legal Shield, Jeff Bell, put out a post on Facebook uh, that was actually with TechCrunch, which is a very popular website. You guys might know if you're into technology. Apparently, Facebook spiked the story uh, last week when they were actually breached. Like, and they breached, you know, they 50 million users got hacked, basically because of Facebook and um, and when people were trying to share the story on Facebook, Facebook called it spam and won't let people post it. So the so here's the thing. If you want identity theft protection, you probably should get it. Uh, if you want Legal Shield, you should get it. If you want to join my team, you should definitely join it because I actually have the best team in the universe. And Thursday nights, we are getting uh, special training from Vicki Fitch and her team, her husband and and son, who are top sellers of Legal Shield, we are we are getting the best. I'm just telling you, in my opinion, it's the best training out there. Um, so hit me up if you're interested in that uh, after the show. I would I would actually really love to talk to you about it. But uh, yeah, don't be naive about breaches. They're <laughs> they're happening everywhere. All right. So today I have a lovely young lady. Her name is Simone Wald. Uh, Walden and she I swear she's like one of my favorites <laughs> she has been uh, she's just such a you're so, she's so adorable and I feel so maternal towards her I can't explain it but I do yeah. anyway and she's sharing her testimony about how she you know was involved in, in the lesbian lifestyle for a while and how God has you know helped her out of it but she's also a teacher in the schools and this was the other thing about her that really blew my mind and kind of actually convicted me. She's actually got a heart for the children in public schools. Uh, the children, by the way, who are being indoctrinated with the LGBT agenda every single day. And so here she is, a public school teacher who is there, let's just say, boots on the ground, trying to help kids, praying for kids in the school system every day. Uh, and all that. I mean, how can you not love that, right? So anyway, Simone, well, welcome back to the show. Um, glad that <laughs> you're, you I, I know you never left, but you know, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Um, so before we, before we went to our break, um, I, I told you to talk a little bit about the whole accountability thing and how Christ, you know, how did you decide to follow Christ? I know that you've, you've gone to Restored Hope Network, uh, meetings, right? You know who Stephen Black is. Uh, and all that, but what was your journey from going, okay, Lord, I've had enough of this abusive, these, these abusive lesbian relationships to, you know what, this is ridiculous. I need to get the help and support I need. What was the catalyst for that? So the first time I told you after that seven year break, it was like, okay, I can't be in this kind of relationship and Lord come into my heart. And I remember I was living in Greensboro. I just moved into a one-bedroom one apartment, and I cried out on my bedroom floor like, Lord, you got to come save me. Because I grew up in church. My mom made sure I went to church. My great-grandmother, God rest her soul, she made sure I got on that Sunday school bus and I went to church. So I always knew, you know, about church. They didn't necessarily preach about that and talk about, you know, that particular scene or 
or anything. Um, so I always knew. And when I finally like was like, God, I cannot do this. I'm going to come into my heart and save me and help me. He did. But ironically, and this is a part I don't really talk about much, but ironically, when I left that out, stopped talking to her, I ended up getting hooked up with a man, an ex of mine who I had known for a while, talking to him, trying to cultivate with him. Because a lot of times people think that it's going from gay to straight. And that is not it because you're still in a lustful relationship if that is not in the will of God and you're married with that person. And so I ended up was talking to him for a little bit, kind of to sue over the wound, but he was a, he was married. So that wasn't even in the will of God. So uh, I was like, okay, this ain't working either. So I was just saying, Lord, you got to help me fill these voids because I'm looking for something. And so I stopped talking to him. Then, um, start talking to that girl again but another girl and by this time it was just like I, I just can't take it anymore so when I got to the church in Charlotte I one night we went we had this meeting like a prayer meeting women's prayer meeting I went to the altar and I just cried out like Lord you gotta help me because I, I wasn't happy like I was just not happy and then my first lady at the time got up and said that we're gonna start a mentoring group at church um anybody that wants a mentor you know send us an email we get you hooked up I went home and I made sure I typed up my whole everything I was going through at the moment and she wrote me back and she was like wow Simone you're so honest like I'm definitely gonna you know get you a mentor and she she did she got me a mentor and God bless her soul she she passed away at a young age of 52 like she had a stroke and a couple months later she died and it it, it, it just broke my heart but Miss Dawn, she didn't necessarily deal with that part. She loved on me because that's the part I I was missing. Right. It was just a motherly touch, the motherly affection, her being there, showing me what a godly woman looked like, modeling that for me, opening up her husband to me, like anything I needed. Because, you know, I was used to doing everything. No, no, no. I was about to know Mr. Wendell's going to come over and he going to get his friends. And when my car messed up, this is what a, this is what a man is supposed to. You're not supposed to be doing all of these things, girl. Um, and so she just modeled for me what it meant to be a woman. And she just loved on me. And we talked about it a few times. But where I was in that space, I just needed love. And she gave that to me. And so she's my first accountability partner. And, and the Lord knows what's going to happen. And so a couple months before she passed away, I was in church and I heard another one of the ladies in my church speaking. Her and her husband was preaching one Sunday and she came with so much fire and boldness. And I was like, I need that. And so I sent her a message. And I was like, listen, this is where I am in my life. I need some extra accountability. And she agreed to be my accountability partner. And it was like, God had already put her in place because when Miss Dawn passed away, it was like, what the heck I'm going to do? But this lady had already stepped up and everybody I had in my life would give me truth and give me truth. And one thing about accountability is that if they keep coming to you, even if they don't take the advice right then, they're coming to you for a reason. There was plenty of times when, they was telling me what I should and shouldn't do. And I still knew I was going to do what I wanted to do, but I always was seeking out for that truth. So I was going back and getting it and getting mad and saying, screw this crap. Uh -huh. But I will always come back. And I've always kept somebody in, in my life to say, Simone. And they used to say, Simone, God has such great plans for you. And I'm thinking, I don't even know what the heck that means, but okay. You know, like, God has plans for you and God loves you. And, you know, I see you being married and I'm thinking, yeah, I see me being married too. Maybe not to who you think, but <laughs> all of the seeds they were sowing and the, just the love of God that they showed me, they would give me true. When we start talking about certain things, you know, they would privately get on me, but it was just nothing but like the love of God to say, I love you. And it wasn't a love where, it was a love. I love you just the way you are, but I love you enough to give you truth because I don't want you to stay in what you're doing. And I see a lot of people, you know, I accept you. I love all kinds of people. I mean, people come and tell me stuff all the time that I don't necessarily agree with. I've had people come tell me, you know, they're in relationships with the same sex. And I'm just like, you know, 
okay, I know at an appointed time, if it's meant for God to open the door for me to share my story, I do. If not, I just listen and I pray for them because when people come to you with their stuff, they're looking for an answer. They really want out. And I kept going to church and going to church because it's like, at some point, maybe something's going to click. And, you know, I just kept going until I realized you got to make a different choice. Like, you know, you're wasting these. And I felt like a lot of times I wasted their time, but not really because I would go to them and knew I was not going to do what they told me to do. I was going right back out the door to do what I wanted to do. But it was something that kept drawing. It was that love. It was that affection that they gave me, this godly response, like, these people love me, but I know God loves me even more. So I always kept somebody around to keep me grounded, mm -hmm. to tell me truth, who would love me and did not side with me being in sin. And not just that, because homosexuality was, it's, it, it was my thing, but I, I dealt with lying and cheating and being angry and manipulation and abuse and, and, and adultery and fornication and masturbation, pornography. So that was just an extra thing. That wasn't my thing. So we dealt with so many other things um, besides just that. And I know a lot of times we talk about that, but people deal with so much. It's so, so, so many deeper rooted sins that go with that, that, forces you to see this outer manifestation of it ain't work in all these other areas. So let me now go try something else that may be a quick fix for me. Yeah. See, and you know, I'm glad that you, you said that and, and it's honest. It's honest. I mean, it totally is honest. Anybody that can hear you put, put, <laughs> put a one if you, you love how honest she is because honestly, no pun intended. No, there was, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's needed. It's completely needed. I had a woman on here, um, Linda, Linda, um, I'm trying to think of her last name. But anyway, I mean, she, her whole thing, she was talking about um, masturbation and how, um, you know, how she ended up falling into a situation where the, the sexual demons came after her, you know, and, you know, and she wants to tell people, look, no, this is this is the situation. But the problem is that that to a lot of people are afraid to and i think that's the trick of the enemy i can't and here's the other thing too and this is why you bless me because you wanted accountability and you stuck with it even though it was difficult and any type of addiction and and when i say addiction i mean actually an emotional addiction like you were talking about codependency that's what that is and that is so hard to break i get that trust me um you know emotional addiction uh, or any type of addiction, if it's pornography or whatever, then, you know, the thing is, is you need accountability for it. If you're an alcoholic, you need some accountability. And, and I'm not the, I'm not the person that says, you know, alcoholism is a disease. I don't think that, I think it's a choice when you pick up that drink and you drink it. I think there's some genetic factors, but don't insult cancer by calling alcoholism a disease. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. Did you unmute me or something? Did you unmute me or something? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? It's like a little feedback. Yeah, there's some feedback. Yeah, there's some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so you know, your honesty there, you know, that tells me, number one, you actually wanted to learn and you wanted the accountability. And, you know, frankly, people, you realize that people, you didn't want to waste people's time, right? And there are right. a lot of people that, that do. I mean... I, I lead people and I can tell you there are some people that want to do the work and there's some people who sit on their hands or they'll say they want to do the work and then they don't, they just don't do it. And it's like when I was a therapist, same thing, you know, 20, 20 clients and of the 20, maybe two actually did anything. It's kind of like, well, why are you paying me all this money if you're, <laughs> you're not going to do anything, you know? So anyway, um, so your so let me ask you something in the accountability stage where you actually learn to set boundaries, talk about the boundaries, because obviously that's one of the very first things you talked about. And, and I know for me, when I was going through a similar situation in my therapy, that was one of the very first things I learned was how to set boundaries with, with women in particular. One of the key things they kept telling me was to set boundaries. And that's the one thing that I really, Refuse to do. I, oh, I did it for a little bit, but I could not be committed to it. 
And the first thing was, Simone, you have to stay away from the temptation. Like, hello, you still can't say y'all going to be friends and y'all still hang out and y'all still do everything that y'all been doing. Because you talked about how, like, with women, you know, it's okay, you know, it's more accepted to be emotionally connected and all this stuff. So, you know, most of my, most of my, the girls that I was with, we were friends. So people just thought we were just friends. Um, And so it was always, you have to separate yourself from this temptation and you got to create boundaries. You can't talk to this person all the time. You can't be hanging out with this person all the time. You can't be spending time with this person all the time. You have to completely cut that off. And I was not willing to cut it off because for me to cut that off was to cut off all, because when you become codependent, Right. You put your all into that person. And so they become your world. So it's like, if I cut this person off, hello, I just cut my whole life off and I'm going to be by myself. And my accountability partner, her name is Andrea Hodge. Thank God for her. She's the one who the Lord put in my life before, right before Miss Dawn passed away. And she used to say, Sina, you afraid to be with God by yourself? And I should be like, no, I'm not. She says, yes, you are. She says, you afraid for God to deal with you. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But I really was. And it was like, because I realized if I remove all these women or all these guys, all this stuff, it would leave me alone with him. And so staying away from temptations that, you know, for me, there are certain women now and some people in the in the, in the world or gay community call it gaydar. I don't know what that is, but I, I call it discernment. Uh-huh. Um, God would tell me, nope, you can't be where he told me like, um, before, you know, there are some women in the church who secret, who are married, who secretly want women. You can't hang out with her, even though she may look like she don't do it. Or she told you, you know, sis, praise God for your testimony. Don't be with her. Like if there's certain women that I may even look at and say, oh, she's pretty or, you know, just in my mind. No, you can't hang around her. You know, when one thing my spiritual mom told me, she says, when you travel and go out of town, you got it. You can't be in no room with nobody else. When I went to. And Dr. Finch can attest to this. And she don't even know why. She might look at this and be like, oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> my spiritual mom So when you go out of town, you don't room with women. My friend, I had just talked to her maybe a couple of days before I was coming to Nashville. Because I told her I, said, I didn't even get a hotel room until I got there. And she was like, nope, you don't need to be rooming with no women. She says, you don't need to be up late night chatting and in your pajamas and whatever. You just don't know how the enemy will set it up. And Dr. Finch actually says, do you need a roommate? Because I told her I hadn't got a room yet. And I said, no, I don't need a roommate. But that was the reason because it was like, they'd already told me, no, you got to watch yourself because it can start off innocent, but you don't know how the enemy would use that. And so just in Georgia, just this past weekend, me and one of my sisters, Ashley, God gave me the clearance. You can be a roommate with her. So there are certain people he'll say no way. There are certain people in my flesh I already know. Stay away from that person because I'm always drawn to people, one, who I feel like may have something that I don't have or may look a certain way um, that I think, wow, this person is very pretty. And so I have to stay away from women like that. I have to stay away from men who even I feel like, you know, if I get too close, I may get drawn into. Or if it's somebody that it starts off um, innocent, but it starts to go a little straight, I always have to pull back and say no way. So we all know what we like. We all know what gets to our flesh and turns us on and we have to make a decision am i going to feed into that or i'm not when i used to start telling my start there was a period in time i was sharing my story and sharing it with people privately and sometimes my friends and the lord told me he says no you stop talking about this for a season you're gonna stop talking about that because the more you talk about the more you remember it you become aroused in your own sexual stuff of what you used to do so you're not talking about it right now and i know people who will tell you what they used to do and they, they're so graphic. It's almost like a porn scene. So there's some people, when they start telling me what they came out of, if they start getting too graphic, I said, you know what, I'm good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Because you want to be sensitive to the people that you're sharing it with. You don't give them so many details. And they want to go home and experiment. And there's, there's been so many women who have not, that they haven't told me they've been in their um, homosexual lifestyle, but they want to know like all these details. Like, why would I give you details about something that, you know, I don't even participate in, but why do you want to know that if you're saying that that's not something that you do? And so you have to keep those bound. You have to keep boundaries. And if you don't keep them for yourself, people will cross them all day long. And I have overstep boundaries and fail and fail over and over again, because I didn't keep them, keep those boundaries in place. Amen. 
I'm not saying amen to the fact that you overstepped them, but I'm saying amen to the fact that what you're saying is absolutely true. I mean, I can tell you as a therapist, there were a couple of clients that I had who I wish they hadn't talked about the details because I had to, I mean, go home and scrub my head off because yeah. it's like, dang, now I can't get that out of my mind. And, and these were Christian women, right? These were worship mm-hmm. leaders. These were women's, you know, people. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm never going to look at you the same again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. And I believe you can tell your testimony without going into all the gory details of what you did. Like if you say, hey, I used to sleep around. And people know pretty much what sleep around means. Right, exactly. And you know what? Actually, I had um, I had a very uh, actually it was another talk show host, a lady who's the older lady, um, tell me when I first started broadcasting. One of the things that she uh, took issue with was that I had people like Peter LaBarbera on, who from Americans for Truth about homosexuality, he'll go to the gay pride parades just as an example and take all these pictures of of all the deviant stuff. And post it and talk about it. And I remember her saying, you know what? I don't need to show that. I just need, you know, because for me, that's not edifying anybody. And, you know, even though that message has to be get out there, it's not her calling. And I remember going, you know what, Lord, I'm going to pray about that. And, And I started to change as a result of her wise counsel. Because I thought, yeah, you're right. You know, right. I don't have to talk about that. I mean, we could talk about certain things, especially when it gets to the kids. That really irks me. But Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go ahead and post pictures of this stuff on my website. It's not necessary because like you, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of it, you know, you care about your brother and wanting to make sure that they don't stumble. And whereas there are people in the church who frankly want people to stumble because they're tares, they're not believers right god i mean not god the enemy plants them in the church in order to to make us fall if you don't think that there are unbelieving pastors out there or or elders or other church leadership that don't know christ then uh, you gotta open your eyes and look at the fruit because there are a ton of them out there so that's very wise and i know our time is almost up randall can we go over a minute or two or you got what do you think a minute or two, sure. Okay, I want you to to share a little bit about what you do now, your student teaching thing and your books, where people can, you know, what you do because um, because I think it's super cool, and I want people to be praying for you because you know you need prayer just like you pray for other people. So tell everybody a little bit about your daily ministry, what you do. Now I, I like prayers in Jesus' name. I don't do no witchcraft prayers and all that stuff. So don't be sending that my way. Now, um, good point. But um. When I first came to Maryland, I was in such a low place, like depression and all these things. And I have picked up a book by Apostle Kim Daniels, um, Prayers That Bring About Change. And I start reading a prayer in there for this now and next generation. And it just started to turn my heart. And God started opening my eyes to the children that I was looking in front of every day. And I saw so much of me. And I say, God, if I can just do something that's going to keep these children from experiencing anything that I've experienced, then what can I do? And he says, pray. And I start writing a teacher devotional. It was a hundred day teacher devotional. I kept telling people it's coming out, it's coming out. So then I started a prayer call on Sunday nights, praying for the school system. Um, and we did that for six months. And then January of last year, he says, I want you to do Facebook live. And I was coming out praying every day, Facebook live Monday through Friday for the school system. I would stay up at night and God would just download to me. Those Facebook Live is where my first book came from. And it was due April 20th. April the 7th or 8th, I got really sick, sick unto death. I was, um, I went to the emergency room. They admitted me to the hospital. I had emergency surgery two days later whether anyone wanted to take me out. And when that book came, first came out on ebook, it was all messed up. But I was trying to get well, and I didn't even care. And so I was like, Lord, there's something you're doing with this book because there was such a great attack on me, like, Lily to death, um, but God is yet still a healer. And I said, well, that lets me know I'm on the right path. And so that's when I just really became adamant. And now my biggest thing is teaching other teachers how to have the heart of a teacher, because many people have the knowledge and degree, but because they're hurting and they're broken, they break other children and they break other adults. And so that's my big thing. And really mentoring and helping other educators do right, be good stewards over God's inheritance. And so I mentor new teachers. Um, I do the accountability piece, whether it's in the school system or whether it's personal or spiritual growth that you need help on. And when I wrote that first book, 
the Lord literally has made my mouth the pen of a ready writer. And so just this Saturday, I released my ninth self-published book within the last 17 months because there's so much in me. And, you know, now that I know how to do it, I just, I keep pumping them out. So that is, thank you. So that is where the student, and the student teacher came from one morning. It was June 7th. I wrote in my first book where the Lord was like, you're the student teacher. You're a student of my word. And then you turn around and teach the other people. And I was like, the student teacher. And that's where that came from. Isn't that cool, you guys? Don't you love that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love it because I'm a teacher. I'm not, uh, I don't go into schools and teach. Not yet. Who knows? Maybe God will call me into that. But, uh, but I have a heart of a teacher and I always have taught with whatever venue it is and so when I saw that I was like oh my gosh and then I started listening and the other day you were reading one of your uh pieces out of that book I think it was on your birthday mm-hmm. and I was like oh my gosh this is so good <laughs> <laughs> and so I got the book I was like you know I, I just got to get this book and I'm looking forward to getting it actually so I can read it but did you autograph it by any chance Oh, yeah, absolutely. Autograph it. Thank you so much. Before we have to go, thank you, first of all, for wanting to even connect with me. Thank you for supporting that book part. Thank you for tuning in. Like, just thank you for being you because when we talked that day, it was like God keeps placing women. And I was, I tell you about, I love women 50 and older. And the Lord keeps putting <laughs> women 50 and older in my life because for one, it's safe for me. It's good for me. Like, I ain't sleeping with no 50 year old woman. Like, just I ain't doing it. So, it's safe for me, and it's always these women who are so loving, so motherly, and all of them deposit different things in me. And I was saying the other night, I said the Lord loves my mom so much because he knew when she could not be there and when she's not physically here, he places women in my life to take care of her baby girl. And so I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful. Wow, that's that's very kind. And that's it's very true. He does. He, You know, I wrote something on Instagram today, and uh, the what I wrote was, I don't know how many of you guys follow me on Instagram. I was going to look it up to make sure. Cause I want to make a point. You'll love this. I think you'll love this. Okay. okay. I wrote today. Have you ever thought about how a plate does its job? Okay. Now there's a reason for that question. And have you ever thought about how a plate does its job? You know, how a plate was formed, you know, uh, how a plate, you know, how much it holds, what what it does, you know. Have you ever thought about it? It holds stuff? Yeah, but I mean, the plate could just be sitting there not doing anything. Somebody could be displaying it. Is that its job? Or is its job to hold stuff? To be cooked in, to put in the microwave, to put in, a, in an oven, to be stored in a refrigerator with food on it that's left over. I mean... <laughs> Have you ever thought about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, of course not, because it's a it's an ordinary vessel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's an ordinary vessel. It's a vessel of let's say dishonor in a sense because it's not it's not china. It's just yeah. a boring old plate, and yet that's how most people see each other, right? That's how most people see themselves, and yet we're not. We're vessels of honor. Uh, and God uses us for his glory and what you might think is so benign or, or normal or normative, like, like a boring old plate. Hey, you know what, what would you rather have a nice solid plate to have some good ribs on and some baked beans or something, or some flimsy paper plate? Just saying, you know, there's a point. And I think, I think our, our tendency is to discount what we think is normal uh, but at the same time, um, we actually, uh, when we think about it, nothing is just normal. Everything is spectacular and God uses it for his glory if we allow him to. And I think that's what you've done. And I, I, I think that's so cool. And I want more people to know about you. So that's why you're on the show. <laughs> so tell people where they can go and get all your stuff and, and, uh, and, it, and follow you on Facebook and hear your, your daily updates and stuff too. Cause that's cool. Okay. Thank you again. And I want to, I'm going to answer your question and I never got to go. I'm going to say this one last thing. Guys, the only tell what God tells you to say. He has to give you the grace for to share whatever. Because I've known women who say they'll never tell that they was with other women or other things. So you have to make sure that you have the grace and God gives you the okay. Because I tell Holy Spirit, 
anything pop off, you got to back me up because you telling me this stuff in my own self. I wouldn't be telling this stuff. And so you have to be okay with how God gives it you, gives it to you to share and when to share. And don't beat yourself up like, oh, well, I never told it, you know, or I'm not telling whatever. Share it in the right time that God gives it to you. And so you can catch me on Facebook at Simone Walden or um, the student teacher. That's when I come on and share the devotionals. You can go to the website that's down here, www.seminarywalden.com. I'm a speaker. I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. I'm a writer. I'm going to help people publish their book. I'm a Christian author, help other Christian authors publish their book without losing their voice. I edit, um, I edit books, proofread your books, help you get your story out. And so feel free to tag me and like me. And of course, with any platform, when you come on, there's people that come with hidden motives. So I always warn you, if you come in with a hidden agenda, if you come with a hidden motive, don't come to me because I will, I expose the enemy. Of all the shows and everything I've ever said, one thing the Lord told me, he says, you're not name dropping. The only name you're dropping is Jesus. Because if I be lifted up, then I'm going to draw people to me. So I don't talk about who I was with and people speculate and all that, but I've never shared a name publicly because that's not really important. But um, whenever you hear people sharing their story, it takes guts. It takes, um, you know, it takes the Holy Spirit's back. And so don't ever try to come to make a mess of someone's story or make a mess of somebody's testimony or test to see if they will fall or you're the person. So I would love to connect with you all men and women, but if you have wrong motives, please don't connect with me. Amen. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, you know, during this broadcast, I've been called a closet, closet lesbian and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I just basically decided not to, you know, acknowledge. <laughs> you can doing this broadcast right now or period or before. No, no, no. This, this broadcast here, there's been a ton of hate comments that have been coming through on the whole show. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, your testimony is being heard, but also those who don't want to hear it have been here as well. But we don't play well, the enemy, no do, just so you know. Okay. So tomorrow, everybody, Vanessa Canterbury is my guest. I also met her at Social Power Summit in person. Actually, I know I've, I've been on her show before. Anyway, Vanessa is going to be our guest tomorrow, and you're going to hear another awesome testimony. This is another woman who God has brought through the fire and refined her. And she's doing awesome things for God's kingdom. I think you met her, right? Did you meet her? Yeah. Yeah, you did. We muted her, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, so she's going to be our guest tomorrow. So I hope I hope that you guys can tune in tomorrow at the same time, 4 o'clock. And Simone, thank you for being my guest. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. And, uh, you know, you rock. Yeah, you do. All right, everybody else, remember, be bold, stand up. And go with God because he loves you. And I think today's guest is a perfect example of that. So uh, go and, you know, go do what God's told you to. Don't like go, no, I ain't going to do it because, you know, you'll get in trouble. Just so you know. All right. See you later.